this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you've joined us today for Complete in Christ, episode number six, How to Have Christian Certitude. This is the episode for Sunday, February 25th, 2024. Have you ever heard the phrase metaphysical certitude? Probably not. It's not used a lot. But metaphysical certitude would mean that you just knew that you knew that you knew, but you couldn't explain how, and it wasn't really based on anything. We're talking today about Christian certitude, which is a completely different thing. It is based on facts. It is based on truth and real space, time, history, like we think of actual events. And it was witnessed to by witnesses, the apostles and the early disciples, many of whom signed their testimony in their own blood. Think about that. Adrian Rogers, gone to be with the Lord for many years now, was pastor of the great Bellevue Baptist Church, Memphis, Tennessee. Dr. Rogers said this, A faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. Think about that. A faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. At the end of Colossians 1, as we saw in the last episode, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says that Paul labored like a, pretty much like a slave. He worked himself to the point of actual utter exhaustion, and he exerted himself like a wrestler. Think of that like a gladiator in the arena. And he did this, though, not in his own power, but with God's enabling power, God's energy working through him. And we see today that he focused on the spiritual welfare of the Colossians, as well as many other churches as well. But this this kind of effort and concern was felt by the new church, these new believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the city of Colossae back in the first century AD. The great theologian and Bible interpreter and and preacher, F.F. Bruce, said this, Others might lead them astray with specious talk of mysteries, but there was one mystery above all others, the mystery of God's loving purpose disclosed in Christ alone. And Paul's concern was that they should come to know this all-surpassing mystery and know it as an indwelling presence. In other words, not that they would just know about the truth, they would know the truth, Jesus living in them. And this is something that the pagan mystery religion simply could not deliver. This is something that the the Gnostics, the false teachers trying to influence these new believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, they couldn't even come close to that. This is something that the false and pagan religions of that day could not even hope to even mimic of God living in someone. Let's go to Colossians 2. And we're going to start in a good place. Verse 1. That's always a good place to start 
in a new chapter. Would you agree with me on that? <laughs> Boy, Pastor Ed, that's why I come here for insights like that. I know I do what I can. <laughs> Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you. The word conflict there is agon. We get our word agony. <laughs> I agonized over that thesis paper, that term paper. I agonized on the football field. For I would that ye knew what great conflict, great agony, that kind of effort. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. That was another town in a, a tri-city area of Hierapolis, Colossae, and Laodicea. And Paul uh, was mentioning these new believers in Laodicea as well. So he says there in verse 1, For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Now, what does, he, what does he want for them? Look at verse two, that. That word, that, is a purpose word. When you see a word like that, that, you gotta say, okay, it's about to tell me what this is for. So go back to verse one again. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as not seen my face in the flesh. So we believe, by the way, that Paul had never been to the church at Colossae. It was, it was started by someone else who led these new believers to the Lord or to the church at Laodicea. Paul had never been there, but he says, for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, verse two, that, okay, so what's he worried about? What's he concerned about? That their hearts might be comforted you see these false teachers, and, and they abound today, even under the name of Christianity. There are many false teachers in the land today spreading just unsound, unhealthy doctrine, teaching things that are not true. And then, of course, you have the cults and the other world religions. Listen, friends, it is a spiritual mess in the world and in America today in terms of the true faith. So Paul says in verse 2 that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love. So if they couldn't trust anybody else with God's help, they could begin to feel the comfort of God and from one another in Christ, being knit together in love, and only God can do that in Christ, right? That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge." Now, I want you to think, especially you've been with us in the other episodes prior to this one. If you haven't, you can go back and listen. But if you have been, you'll remember that these false teachers that were abounding in their day, just like they are today, were trying to lead these new young believers, this new church in Colossae and 
and I'm sure probably the one at Laodicea and Hierapolis as well, trying to lead them away from the truth in Christ and all the comfort and love that they would experience in having their new faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were trying to lead them away from Christ into some convoluted system of going through spiritual entities that they called um, emanations. And these, uh, it's hard to explain, but just think of them as like, well, first you got to go to this one. And then when you're done with him, you got to go to the next one. And after you've gone to like 987 of these, there's still 22 more. And maybe one day you can know God. What a lie. Paul says here that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and unto all riches. You know what that word riches means in Greek? It means riches. It means opulent wealth. Just abounding treasures that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love. That's agape, God's kind of love. Uh, And unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding. That is that they would, they would abide in that great position spiritually of, of having what I'll call today Christian certitude in Christ. And unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, that is, they're able to put things together and understand these spiritual truths to the acknowledgement of the mystery. Now, this is the mystery of God. It's not something like a whodunit. It's not something that can't ever be known. It's just that it's something that God has concealed that we can only know if God reveals it to us. So it says, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, uh, we'll see this again in a moment, but this mystery is Jesus Christ in us, Christ in us, that we find all the fullness of God dwelling in Christ. You can't join the Masons and know God better. You can only know God through the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't start doing Buddhism, any type of yoga, Hinduism, New Age, you can't become a Wiccan. You can't do anything like that and know God. You can't come to know God in those ways, and certainly you can't get to God in those ways. Well, how do we know that? Because verse 3 says, in whom, who's that? In Christ. In whom are hid all the treasures of of wisdom and knowledge. (laughs) There isn't anything that any other philosophy or religion or system, or even if you say, I'm going to sell everything I have and become like an Indian holy man and never eat anything and cover myself with mud, and maybe then I'll come to know God. No, you won't. You'll just be hungry and dirty, okay? that's what you would literally be if you did that. And I'm using that because as an extreme example, 
But that is an example of the extremes that people who are deceived will go to to try to reach God. But we see here in verse 3, in Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wow. There isn't anything else that we can learn or know or anything like that that can surpass the fullness of Christ living in us. Kenneth Woost, a great Greek scholar at the uh, Moody Bible Institute many, Institute many years ago in Chicago, he's got great word studies in Greek. He says here, the word Christ is in the same case as mystery. Now, if you didn't understand what I just said, it's okay. But he's a Greek expert, and he's about to tell us <laughs> what that means. The word Christ is in the same case as mystery, placing it in apposition with it. Now, here's the payoff right here. Listen, the mystery is Christ. Do you want to know the great mystery of God? It's knowing Jesus Christ. Verse 4, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. He's talking about these false preachers and teachers, these cults, these isms that ought to be wasms, and all the so-called great world religions and all of that. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. You know, it is amazing how easy it is to lead gullible people astray. It goes on every single day. Verse 5. For though I be absent in the flesh, that is, he's not there with them bodily in physical presence. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit. He says, I'm not there bodily, but, you know, spiritually, I'm with you. Because he's, he's heard about what the Lord has done in their lives. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the Spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. This is so cool. <laughs> he says, I'm not actually there, you know, I'm not present with you, but I've heard all about it. And in spirit, I'm with you. And I'm just going like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> and he's, he's, joying, is excited about this, and beholding your order. That word there, order, is taxes. Say, well, so what? Well, I believe we get our English word tactic from that, but it's the idea, you know, it's a picture of, a let's say, a Roman legion marching to battle. They're not a herd of cats going in every direction. They're all lined up one after another. They're keeping a tight formation, and if the enemy launches those flaming arrows, they all just lift their shields above their heads, and it, they become, in essence, like a living uh, turtle, you know, and those arrows just bounce off the shields, and then Rome marches over and crushes the enemy. <laughs> You've seen that in movies. Joying and beholding your order, that is, they're not breaking ranks and running scared. They're saying, all right, we hear all this false teaching around us, but we're holding true to the truth. 
and they just they maintain their soldierly order and they just keep it together in faith in Christ. Think of um, think of the movie. Uh, can you remember the title now? But about William Wallace and uh, and and William Wallace is standing out there in front of the Scots with the English coming to kill them all, and he says, "Hold, hold, hold!" And they they maintain their order until the last moment and destroy the English army. What is the name of that movie? It'll get to me after the... You know which one I'm talking about. But anyway, that's the idea that these these brand new young Christians with Jesus living in them were just, you know, they were trusting Jesus. Amen? They were holding to the truth as they'd been taught. Not saying like, well, yeah, boy, you know, that cult, I, yeah, that has some interesting things. No, they weren't doing that. You know what they were doing? They were sticking to the revealed truth of God in the word of God that also lived in them, the living word, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. We get our English word stereo from the Greek word that underlies that word steadfastness. You know what it means? It means solid. It means firm. I'm sick of weak, worm-like, professing Christians. I'm tired of this. And if you're one of those, repent and begin to trust Jesus, trust his word. You know what the problem is with a lot of professing Christians? Probably a lot of them don't even know Jesus Christ personally. But for, for as many that do, they are not, uh, they are not uh, maintaining their order. What do you mean, Pastor Ed? They're not reading the Bible every day, and I don't mean one verse at the kitchen table, you know, at supper time. I mean, that's, there's, that's okay. That's not bad. But I'm telling you, if you're in war, you need more than one bullet. Can I get an amen? You need a full magazine and a bunch of magazines. Where are you going to get that? You're going to get it from the Word of God by reading it and say, well, I don't read so well anymore, Pastor Ed, or actually, I never did read well. Hey, you know what? BibleGateway.com, it's free 99, baby. Now what's your excuse? Get that, get something like that. If you're not a good reader or your mind wanders, you know, while you're reading, okay, I, I get it. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just saying, come on, we're in battle here. We got to get this together, people. You start putting into yourself. I'm going to give you a challenge that some of you will choke on right now. But if you will do it for 30 days, in 30 days, you will get back to me and say, you were so right. Here's the challenge. If you can't do anything else, do this. Read five Psalms a day for 30 days and call me in a month. You know how the doctor says, take two aspirin and call me in the morning. You know, that kind of thing. Take five psalms a day for 30 days and call me in a month. You know what I already know? If you really do that, you're going to be better. You won't have to call me except to say, thank you. You're welcome. So you will have read the entire book of the psalms within a month. Do you know what that's going to happen when you do that? All the emotions that we have as people, they're all in the psalms. Fear, anger, Everything you can name, sorrow, 
Rejoicing is all there in technicolor. And when you run the Word of God through your heart and mind every single day, it is going to change your life. Don't ask for other people to help you grow as a Christian until you do what you should be doing. And you know I'm right. Say amen right here. Amen. If you want, I'll say it. All right. <laughs> so, all right, I'm not mad at you, but I'm, I'm into this. I hope you sense that. So, I, I don't want anybody to beguile you with enticing words. So, you you got to maintain your order and you got to maintain your firmness, your solidness of your faith in Christ. Now, verse 6, Paul, and I don't mean this the wrong way at all, but I'm using a phrase we're familiar with because I think it'll ring, with, ring true with you. Paul dumbs this down to a level that even Pastor Ed can understand, okay? As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, or as Lord, you've trusted Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Now think about what that means. Did you have a theology degree when you asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save you? Absolutely not. Did you know the answer to every single Bible question that your idiotic friends are going to ask you when they find out, you believe in Jesus? You believe in the Bible? No, you didn't know all of that. You know what you did? You repented of your sin, and you placed your faith in childlike faith, like Jesus said in the Lord Jesus Christ, and bam, it happened. You were born again. You were saved, and you can't even explain it, but Jesus lives in you now, and your life has never been the same. might not have been perfect. I'm sure it hasn't been, but you've never been the same since you received Christ Jesus as Lord. All right, so Paul is saying here, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, or as Lord, so, that means like in the same way, so walk ye in him. You know what walk means? It means go about your daily life, walk around in him. So what, you, what you're really doing is you're allowing the Lord to live in you and through you, and he walks this earth through you every day as your living Savior and Lord. And he may say to you, see that person over there? I want you to speak to them about me. See that person over there that needs to help? Go help them in my name. Um, he will remind you to listen to the Bible or read the Bible every day. And just like we received him for salvation and childlike faith, we just, we just live every day the same way. Do not listen to the so-called brainiacs and eggheads who are telling you, oh, well, you know, the Bible is all simply allegory and metaphor and You've got to understand all the technicalities of our theological system to be part of our denomination, or you've got to believe this crazy cult book that our, our particular faith has 
that isn't anywhere in the Bible, but you know, when you understand that, then you'll understand truth. Or you've got to join our fraternal order and we will initiate you into the mysteries. It's all a lie. Just as you receive Jesus Christ by faith, just live with in the same way, him living in you really every day. Verse seven, how, how is that done? Rooted and built up in him. Rooted is like the idea of a tree with really deep roots. It's not going to be blown down. Rooted and built up in him. Built up is the idea of a, a great house being built and it's solidly built on a solid foundation. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. You're just, man, you are rock solid as ye have been taught. You don't have to go find other truth. You've already been taught enough truth to have a successful Christian life. Get at it. Get going. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. You know, if you walk by faith and you thank the Lord daily for everything he's doing in your life, you're going to have an awesome Christian life. Verse 8. So this is getting at what he's, what he's a little concerned about. He's a lot concerned about this. Verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. And he's talking about these false religions and the false teachers within, the, you know, they said they were Christians, but man, you couldn't tell it from the way they lived or what they taught. That still goes on today. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments. These are just like the basic ABCs of daily life and the earthly life. You know, there's nothing spiritual about it. It's just rudimentary, elementary things. After the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. If you're... If your thoughts about God and your practice of your faith has been shaped by the, the thinking of this fallen, lost world, you are in massive trouble because you need to be following after Christ, not what the world says, what the Word says. Amen. Verse 9. For in Him, who's that? Christ. For in Him dwelleth, that idea dwelleth is, is having an abode, being at home, fully at home. You know, you're no more at home anywhere than you are at home. When you're at home, you should feel like, ah, at last I'm at home. For in him dwelleth all. Say that with me, all. You know what the word is in Greek? All. <laughs> Pas. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Bodily. Jesus Christ really did actually, really come in human form. He didn't appear to, he actually did. When he was tortured and crucified, he bled and it hurt. And when he cried tears, they were hot, salty, stinging tears. Amen? For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So what we can say here is it's saying that God came to earth. You know, we don't have to go find him. He came here. 
Verse 9, in Christ. Verse 10, and ye are complete. We, you know, we are spiritually mature. We're, we're fully full. We're complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So these so-called spiritual entities or beings, these emanations, <clears throat> I think they were demons, but the the uh, the you know mystical stuff that these false teachers were trying to to divert these young believers in the church at Colossae to Jesus Christ is way over all of those the principalities the archies and the power the exousias I mean come on he created all of them some of them rebelled but he created them he could wipe them out in a moment. And ye are complete in him. There isn't any other system or thing or anything that I need to be more complete than I am when I'm complete in Christ. He's in charge of it all, baby. If you don't know that, it may be because you're not a Christian yet. But you know what? You can become one. You see, in this life, it's not about coming to God through religious effort and help from unseen entities, which would be de demons, by the way. It's not about coming to God through religious effort and help from unseen entities. It's about God coming to live in us in Christ. You don't have to hope to get to God. He came here, and when you trust in Jesus Christ as God, he comes to live in you. I want to ask you a question. Some of you are religious, but you're still trying to get to God. Have you come to the place in your religion that you know that you will go to heaven when you die? And right now, those of you that I just described are saying, no, I don't know that. Nobody can know that. But the Bible says you can. Not because you're so great, because God's so great. I want to give you a phone number, and I want you to write this down. Now, if nobody else is doing it, I'm talking to you right now. 888-388-2683. All right, here it is again. 888-388-2683. Call that number and you can talk with someone who can answer your spiritual questions. They can help you place your faith in Jesus Christ alone as God. And you can have Christian certitude so that you can begin to move forward in certitude and faith in the Christian life and grow to spiritual maturity complete in Christ. Now, I'm going to be back if I'm still here, if I don't die and I'm not raptured. I'll be back next week with episode number seven, I think it is, of Complete in Christ. Now I want you to do something before you leave. If you've never done this before, and if you've already done it, you don't have to do this. You only do it once. But follow the episode one time. But all of you right now can like this episode, and all of you can use the little feature you see where you're listening right now to share this with someone that you would like to hear it. And you'll be being like a missionary, so I invite you to do that. 
Well, tell you what, glad you were here today. If I'm still here next week, I'll be back with the next episode of Complete in Christ, and I hope you'll be with us. Bye-bye.